Before beginning this episode focusing on 311 Alphas, I wanted to express my gratitude toward one of the 311 Alpha teachers, Agent Felicia Mitchell, who has known me as long as I've been a warrant officer. Thank you for your friendship, Felicia, and best wishes in your future plans. I also want to say thanks to Agent Michael Shelley, who was an excellent commander at Usawak while we were there together. Thank you for your friendship, and I hope you're doing well in your new assignment. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another Cohort W podcast episode, bringing you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most exciting and enterprising young warrant officer leaders. Each episode is dedicated to exploring real-life leadership in the warrant officer cohort and tackling the problems faced in large-scale combat operations and multi-domain operations. And now... Here's your host. Hello. In today's episode, my incredibly excellent guest shares some personal and professional experiences as a criminal investigation division warrant officer. Then we will examine how those experiences contribute to meeting doctrinal requirements. All Cohort W guests were recommended by senior warrant officers in their branch. Today, I am joined by CID Warrant Officer, Warrant Officer 1, Benjamin Moon. Thanks so much for your time today, Benjamin. Can you share with the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm Warrant Officer 1, Benjamin Moon. I'm 33 years old from Danielsville, Georgia. Currently, I have two children. I'm married. My wife's in active duty Air Force. Currently been serving in the Army for seven years, and I've been in CID for six years as a CID agent. Great. Thank you. What are your MOS, MOS title, and duty positions, please? I'm a 311 Alpha. Uh, that's a CID. Special Agent. I served as CID agent for six years. Uh, I entered the program through the Direct Accession Pilot Program back in 2014. I had a college degree before I joined the Army. During that time frame with the program, they were accepting a certain degree requirements, and I fit in that category. Uh, it was always my goal and desire to serve in some form of law enforcement. That's where I am today. I applied for the program and got accepted. Great. Congratulations. That's a rare and very distinguished feat that you have done there with that direct accession. Can you tell me what your daily work involves in garrison and the field training and or deployment, please? Yes, sir. So primarily we're responsible for conducting felony level criminal investigations in which the Army may or be a part of or have a party of interest in. Uh, we conduct criminal investigations ranging from death all the way to fraud, on and off military installations. And uh, when appropriate, we coordinate with local and state federal governments as well to conduct joint investigation. Whether it be in the garrison environment or deployed environment, uh, we have areas of expertise in forensic laboratory examinations. Uh, we have a mission with protective service units for uh, Department of Defense Diplomatic or Department of the Army. We have computer crime specialists. We have polygraph services division. And uh, we also do criminal intelligence reports and crime prevention surveys for applicable units within the garrison or within deployed environments. In the deployed environment, you just have a different realm of responsibility there, but we deal with mentoring local national governments and making sure that they've implemented a rule of law and that they can understand that rule of law. We also help units conduct site exploitations and uh, laboratory analysis and biometric evidence as well. Thank you. Can you talk to me about how that practical work fits in to support your doctrinal requirements for the warfighting functions? Yes, sir. So our primary purpose is to assist the combatant commanders and ensure that they are able to complete that warfighting function. With our responsibility, as far as our missions requirements, we do things from logistics security. That's from the manufacturer all the way to the soldier within a deployed environment. 
We do criminal intelligence. We do the criminal investigations, and that can include, you know, war crime coalition forces and then the host nations. We are set up as a direct reporting unit. Uh, in the past, we used to report directly to the Provost Marshal General. Uh, we, ha- we now have a new civilian director, so we no longer report directly to the Provost Marshal. We report to that civilian director. And then from there, we plan to provide security, like I was saying, for the protective service piece to uh, the Department of Defense officials, uh, Department of the Army officials. And then we support those force column and combatant commanders for mobilization and deployment requirements. We provide training to them as well before they go into a deployed environment. That's a lot of responsibility. And that's a great segue into that next question. How does that work fit into large-scale combat operations? Yes, sir. So for your large-scale combat operations, obviously the main focus is planning, preparing, executing, and then assessing the operation. A lot of those tying together as far as us assisting the combatant commanders just as in, in a garrison environment, the same things tend to happen in a deployed environment. Uh, so we're responsible for looking at offenses such as bribery, espionage, uh, dealing with cybercrime, spies, or any offenses of aiding the enemy. And a lot of times you could be selling secrets to you know foreign entities, or you could have you know, a soldier who wants to go and say, hey, uh, we're going doing this on this day, and we're going to be in this location, etc. Again, kind of tying back to the whole portion of our goal is to support the unit commander, uh, whose main objective is in their soldiers is to be focused on eliminating an enemy and having those resources and capabilities and troops and equipment in order to do so. So that's a, a very interesting perspective. I, I appreciate that. I'm sure my audience will too. Thank you. Talk to me about how your work fits into multi-domain operations, please. War and battlefield is constantly evolving, constantly shifting, and there's kind of this race for technological dominance. And then for, you know, the multi-layer being space, cyber, air, sea, and land, uh, CID does actually play a part in that. We actually have divisions for major procurement fraud, investigation, you know, into fraud, defective pricing, corruption, either kickbacks to either service members or to other foreign nationals, and then antitrust violations. And then we also have a unit within CID that specializes in major cybercrime. So they perform, you know, worldwide felony investigations involving intrusions into Army computer networks. Again, going back to the, you know, the multi-domain aspect of it, of technological advances and the war and battlefield continuously changing. And that deals primarily with investigations pertaining to spies and for espionage. And then we also provide vulnerability assessments to our concerning U.S. Army networks. So another portion within CID is we have the Trans-Regional Criminal Investigation Unit. They deal primarily with uh, investigations pertaining to war crimes and acts of terrorism against the U.S. persons and properties or interests. Again, uh, just amazingly broad and complex uh, domain of work. Sounds like a constant challenge. I want to just take a a minute here, say uh, thanks for being on the show. I think you're the first Warrant Officer 1 we've had on the program. That's a high honor to be selected. And maybe the least amount of time in the Army, and that's fine. Certainly uh, a unique experience that needs to be heard about. And so I want to ask you, what have you learned in your time in the Army about the importance of your work to the Army mission? And you've alluded to some of that. Can you can you sum that all up for me? Yes, sir. I appreciate the consideration for this. Obviously, uh, I would always you know raise my hand to do an opportunity like this, you know, even though I don't have that much time in the military. But the thing that I've learned, everybody's like, oh, well, you could have gone and done any kind of federal law enforcement or you could have been a, a street cop. But like, yeah, I could have, but there's something different about being in the Army, being in the military. But the thing that I've learned is that 
the Army's main focus is to protect the United States of America. And then CID's primary focus is to make sure that we protect the interests of the Army. You know, you turn on the news channel, you always see, oh, this happened today in the local news or this happened here with these. You know, the Army is such a small scale of individuals that are, you know, within the United States. But all that stuff still happens within the Army as well. You just don't see it on, under a microscope like you would if in the news channel. There's an importance to it. And a lot of times, you know, it goes unnoticed, the things that we do sometimes, you know, I don't, you know, get recognition. I'm not here for the recognition. I'm here to do my job. I'm here to make sure that the Army can keep functioning and rolling along as it always has been and taking care of the United States and protecting its people. Thank you. I appreciate that. What would you say to warrant officers who have just graduated candidate school? My time in the military was primarily focused more on CID. So uh, having gone to Canada school, you know, I got to uh, work alongside every branch, um, you know, aviators, technical warrants um, from all the different branches of supply, logistics. Uh, so I got to kind of see and then I got to see, the, you know, hear about their perspective of things. And then going to school, it was great fellowship with other people, getting to learn their different jobs and priorities and stuff. But if I had to talk to any warrant officer newly graduated, you, you got accepted into that program for a reason. And they didn't take it lightly to push your name forward and do that. So I Obviously, they thought highly of you and that you're going to set yourself apart from your peers and distinguish yourself, but just continue on that path and continue to grow and continue to set yourself apart. For warrant officers newly graduated, fixing to go into CID, yes, there are some changes coming to CID. I think the changes that we're fixing to experience are for the better. And if you're willing to, like I said, set yourself apart from your peers, distinguish yourself and then do your best and focus on that, you're going to do well and you're going to have a long career within CID. Great. Thank you. And I suspect you're going to have a long career in CID, too. Uh, it's great to hear that. Um, I hope so. That, I'm here for the long haul. Stay <laughs> as long as they keep me. It's great to hear that clear articulation of your work and then processing through, through the lenses of the warfighting functions, LISCO and MDL. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your time today, Benjamin. It's so great to hear warrant officers talk about doctrine. And thank you for your time and sharing your personal experiences and your professional observations of how the work of warrant officers in CID contributes to meet their doctrinal warfighting requirements. Thanks, sir. Before concluding this episode and this series, I wanted to give a bit of time to my narrator. So joining me tonight as well is the voice everyone has been hearing for the past several months of my narrator, Nicholas McDonald. Agent Nicholas McDonald, thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate your support from the get-go on this project. And I wanted to ask you, what have you learned uh, since listening to the podcast, being part of it, and since you've been on the job? And I'll preface this answer with the note that you were my student two years ago at Canada School. Uh, well, I'd like to first say thanks for having me in this different capacity and allowing me to make some commentary on my my brief experience here as a warrant officer so far. And that's the point. The, the take home for me is to, to comment on experience itself from listening to the podcast and from hearing everyone else's experiences as being a warrant officer, how they support their branch, how they function day to day, and their experiences. That's my my resounding wow moment for being a warrant officer is relying on the experiences of the people that mentor you, the people that you're looking up to you as a mentor, and even those of your peers, because we're all different. And those different experiences are what shape your ability to do your job uh, to the best of your ability. 
I appreciate sharing those insights with me. It's been great having you uh, with me on the show every week. And thanks so much and best wishes in your next endeavor. Additionally, or a last comment on uh, the experiences of a CID agent, uh, shout out to CW3 Jennifer Nims for in five short weeks preparing a lot of warrant officers for any number of things that they're about to experience for the rest of their career. As a mentor, a friend, and a fellow CAD agent, I appreciate everything you do for me and for our uh, fellow special agents. On behalf of the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, thank you to today's guest for your insights on the future of warfare and the importance of the Warrant Officer to that fight. Please visit warrantofficerhistory.org to learn more about how you can help support the Foundation in programs like this. Special thanks to our theme music composer, Josh DiStefano. Visit joshdiStefano.com to hear more of his outstanding works.